A man's journey with God begins, continues, and ends with supernatural encounters that he orchestrates for him. No man will ever discover, enter into, and fulfill God's purpose in his lifetime without these supernatural encounters with God. Each encounter you have with God will not only transform your life, but will shift you supernaturally to a pedestal of glory where God can use you to transform others. A moment of encounter with God will shift you from where you are to where you are supposed to be spiritually and physically. Prepare Prepare your heart for for an uncommon uncommon transformation from from God's word and all-round miracles by by the power of the Holy Ghost as God's servant. Chidebele Chidebele Udeze leads us in this special moment of encounter with God. Today, he wants to show us something about the power in the blood of Jesus. Engaging the power of the blood of Jesus. You can't engage the power of the blood of Jesus if you don't understand the power in that blood. So we are going to look at seven things that makes the blood of Jesus powerful. The potency of the blood Once we understand that, we will engage it in our prayers this morning. And not just for this morning, everything that God teaches us during the 40 days of power is not just for the moment, but for us to continue to use that in our progress walk with Him. The first powerful thing about the blood of Jesus is it is for atonement. The blood of Jesus is for atonement. When you talk about atonement, you talk about forgiveness of the past committed sins. In the Old Testament, under the law of Moses, There are many sacrifices for sin. But there is a particular day that God commanded by the hand of Moses that the high priest will enter into the Holy of Holies by the blood of bulls and animals to make atonement for the whole Israel. That their sins will be forgiven. You will see that in Leviticus 16, verse 29 to 30. The day of atonement. Under the law of Moses, there are different kinds of sacrifices for sin, sin offering, burnt offering, all of them. But the, the summary of that was... On the day of atonement. If you have your Bible topics written, you will see observing the day of atonement from verse 29. He said, And this shall be a status forever unto you. Mark the word forever. This shall be a status forever. Because of my covenant relationship with you, this shall be a status forever unto you. That in the seventh month, the tenth day of the seventh month, you shall afflict your soul and do no work at all. Whether it be one of your own country or a stranger that is among you. Verse 30. He said, for on that day, shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord, period. Every year, there is this day of atonement. 
the tenth day of the seventh month, separated the priests, the high priests, will enter into the Holy of Holies to make atonement for the whole of Israel. Now, in the New Testament, the high priest is Jesus. And the Bible said he did it once and for all. You will see that in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22. He said, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood is no remission of sin. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Now verse 24. He said, for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hand, which are the figures of the truth, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Are you following the Bible? Yes. It was now Christ that shed his own blood and appeared to make atonement. Verse 25. He said, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest enter into the holy place every year with the blood of others. Mark the fact that it is every year, the tenth day of the seventh month, the high priest must go in. But for Christ, he entered into the holiest place, now in the very presence of God, but not like the high priest. Verse 26, he said, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Are you getting that now? And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So what it's telling us is that what the Old Testament high priest goes to do every year, Christ did it once. And he did it not on the physical pattern of heavenly um, tabernacle that God told Moses to build. But in the real presence of God himself. That is to say, he offered himself and then took his blood, his own blood, and went before God and made atonement once and for all for us. That is the power of the blood. To make atonement for the forgiveness. He said, the priest shall offer sacrifice for the cleansing of the sins of the whole nation on that day. Jesus did it once with his own blood. With his own blood. And when you read verse, I want you to pay particular attention to verse 22. He said, And almost all things are by law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Listen, listen. Are you listening? When Jesus came to to the earth to minister to preach he was preaching he was doing miracles he was you know healing people all manner of things but he knew that it is not his word that will bring forgiveness of sin for men no matter how powerful he preaches no matter how great he ministers in power he knows that until his blood is shed there will be no forgiveness of sin. Are you getting that? So the ultimate of his ministry is not that... It, that was why the physical ministry didn't last. Three and a half years. Because the main reason why he came was not just to give people uh, miracle bread, preach. He preached powerfully. People were shouting, but he knew that the reason why I came is that my blood be shed. 
understood that by the reason of my blood, not just the Israelite now, but the whole world will receive forgiveness of sin. Atonement. Atonement. The blood is for atonement. And, you know, that is why it is possible for somebody who has committed all manner of sin, all kinds of sin, can come to the Lord at the point of repentance, hearing the gospel, an occultic man who has killed many, a native doctor who has killed many. I had the story of one native doctor that was a, a killer. Everyone in that territory knew him as the killer. And, you know, he's so terrible that people fear him. Once he says something, because if you challenge him, you are a dead man. He married many wives and had many sons. And one of his sons was the person that shared the testimony with us. One of the sons of the wives. Who later became a child of God, born again, serious, born again. He said, he was sharing the story of his father. I think he was almost 100 years or so. Because you know, those people, they don't just kill people, they also kill people and have a way of using their blood to resuscitate their own life. I hope you know that such a, such a thing is possible. Yes. Yes, when they notice that they are about to die, they will just do one kind of thing and exchange their life with some other people's special life. The man who was 100 years and then he fell sick. It was while he was sick in the hospital, according to the son, that he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ visited him in the hospital. Can you imagine Jesus visiting a known terrible native doctor, killer? You know why he visited him? According to the story, he said that there was a woman, a child of God, a widow in that town. The widow is born again, a child of God. The moment the husband died, one politician rushed for the husband's land and took it up. So, somehow, somehow, this native doctor killer heard about it and was like, no, this is, this is wrong. <laughs> Can you imagine? He, he, he wants reason right and said, this is wrong. And sent a warning to that politician and asked him if he wants his life, eh, if he wants to live, he should stay clear from that widow's land. The moment the politician heard his warning, the politician came to him and apologized and said, uh, please, I'm removing my hand from the land. That's how terrible the man was. He makes chance for them. So he said, Jesus appeared to him and said, for one reason I came. For one reason, I just want to show you mercy. You fought for my daughter. That was how the man, this terrible killer, all his sins were forgiven. He got born again. He now told him, now, I will give you, I think, extra 15 or 17 years. You will go back to that village from this hospital. Eh? He healed him. It was both healing, salvation, and everything. Go back and preach me to everybody that know you. That was how the man repented got healed, went back to the village and became an evangelist. He gathered his, because he's the chairman of the native doctors, he gathered all of them and started preaching to them that there is one Jesus Christ that we need to follow now. Just imagine that kind of thing. Such a terrible man because of the blood of atonement. There is power that's why he said, come let us reason together. Isaiah 1 verse 18. Even though your sin is as scarlet, the blood can wash it away. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash Away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
Now listen, listen. There is no other thing that can ever watch our things. Many of us, you know yourself, you have committed terrible sins before God. It's only by the blood that we came. Only by the blood. So the blood is first of all for atonement. Forgiveness of the past committed sin. But not only that. The blood also was for redemption. Redemption. If you read Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Redemption. Atonement is quite different from redemption, but they are together. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. He said, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made, an accept, made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption. Through what? Through his blood. The forgiveness of sin. According to the riches of his grace. In whom we have redemption. Through his blood. Redemption. What is redemption? If you read also Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14. He said he has delivered us. God has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Redemption is, you know, buying over. Buying over. In other words, the blood in this case become the price to buy us over. Romans chapter 7 verse 14 said that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. I am carnal, sold under sin. That is, before you were even born, eh, there's a transaction that was made in the Garden of Eden where Adam sold the whole human race away unto sin unto Satan. So we became slaves of sin. That as soon as a child is born, is already under sin. I am carnal, sold under sin. There's nothing I can do ever to be free from sin. But somebody paid the price. And the price that was paid was not silver and gold. He said, for as much as you know, First Peter chapter 1 verse 18 and 19, as much as you know that you were not redeemed from the tradition you inherited, from the life, the culture, the, 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 the kind of, I, I think if you read that verse from several versions, some say empty way of life handed over to you by your forefathers. For as much as you know you were redeemed, not with silver and gold. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. Not with perishable silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. It was a prize. Just like you used silver and gold to buy things over. There was a redemption, a buying over that the blood did. We were redeemed from the empty way of life, the tradition that we collected the life of sin the nature of sin we were bought by the blood redemption is powerful it was the tone of redemption that brother paul was talking about in first corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 he said he said do you not know that you are the temple of the holy ghost you are the temple of the holy ghost He said, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Which price? The blood of Jesus is the price. Not money. Listen, in the olden days, I don't know whether they still do that now. They buy human beings with money. Am I correct? Yes, they buy human beings with money. In fact, if you read about Abraham, that was how Abraham bought several slaves. He paid for them. Now, 
God saw where we are in the marketplace of this world, sold under sin with Satan, the overall master, being controlled and manipulated by spirits, negative spirits. He, 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 he offered the blood of his son. The Bible called it the precious blood, the spotless blood, to buy us over the power of the blood, redemption. And that is why if you understand the redemption, you just know that you are not your own. He said, do you not know that your body is bought with a price? Eh? You are not your own. You don't belong to yourself. A price was paid. paid so that the ownership of your life will be transferred. God is the one that created us. But after creating us, because of the free will he gave to man, he sold himself. And his generation understand. And Jesus came to buy us over by that same blood. He forgave us, but also used it as a purchasing power to buy us over to God. So we belong to God. That's why he said in that verse, he said, Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. This is the reason why it is very, very easy to conduct deliverance on any soul. Once you approach the deliverance from the angle of redemption, you say to the demon, to Satan, see, this person has been bought over by the blood of Jesus. It doesn't belong to you. Get out in the name of Jesus. That will be the end. If you understand the power of redemption, deliverance of people, you say, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us? Listen, whatever you don't understand, you cannot operate. You cannot operate. If you don't understand phone, you can't operate phone. That's why if you don't understand the power, the atonement power of the blood, the redemption power of the blood, it will not work for you. You see all kinds of ancestral covenants, causes, powers, holding and manipulating believers. Not because they are not free from these things. They are already free. They are bought over. He said, who has delivered us? Delivered us. He's not about to deliver us. Who has delivered us? I'm quoting Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us? He did two things. Delivered and translated. How? He said, in whom we have redemption. The deliverance and the translation was possible because of the blood. And so, we are not bound to ancestral powers and forces and covenants and control because the blood of the covenant of the Son has made us free. But it can only work for you when you understand the power of redemption. What is number three? Potency of the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ is the power behind our fellowship with God. When you talk about forgiveness, that's for the past sin. But when you are forgiven the past sin, listen, what about the future sins that you are ignorant of? For example, some of us that repented, you know what the Christian life and progress is? That you wake up this morning and you say, Lord, open my eyes as I study your word. I want to see light. And God showed you one revelation about your life. And you say, Wow. Hi, I didn't know that this was sin before. Yesterday, I was doing exactly that. Now I have seen that it is a sin. I will no longer do that. Has anybody had that kind of experience? We are, it may not even be by, by you seeing revelation. It can also be by maybe the word of God preaching, coming to you. You are listening to a message and the man of God or the woman of God will strike something that you didn't know that it was a sin before. And now you know it is, it is a sin. What is it that took place at that time? What about the time you don't know about it? That's what, why you need to understand the mystery of our fellowship. You notice that even before you got to know about those things that you don't know about, they are there. You are committing them. It was not another person that was committing those things. It was you. And they are not 
They are not righteousness. They are sins. Let me give you just one example. Some of you are students. Listen. You know, there is a possibility of somebody getting born again newly and will not know that asking somebody a question in the exam is the exam practice and is a sin. He may not know. He may think that it is when you carry material into the hall that is a sin. So at that level of knowledge, he will just be free in the exam hall asking somebody a question. Now, do you know number four? And all of that. And if you look at him at that level, you say, ah, this one is committing sin. Now, you are saying that he's committing sin because you have known that it's a sin. But he just repented last week. He doesn't know. That does not mean that his repentance is not valid. It's valid. But it's just that he is committing sins that he has not known. What is it that will happen to him? Because he's committing sin. He's a sin. Is somebody getting me? Now, will fellowship with God be possible at that point with this believer committing sin because he's ignorant? Yes. What makes that possible was the fellowship power of the blood. Somebody say fellowship power of the blood. You will see this exactly in First John chapter, 5, chapter 1 verse 5. 1 John chapter 1 verse 5 to maybe to 10, even to chapter 2. So let's read it so that you can get it quickly. He said, This then is the message we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Make no mistake about it. God is light. In him, no darkness at all. Next verse, verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, what is fellowship? We are sharing thoughts. We are sharing life. We are, you know, fellowshipping with God. You go to pray and God will speak to you. God will, you know, give you a kind of his, his, his joy and you are full of joy. We share his joy. We share his peace. Having fellowship with him. Now, he said, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Everybody, please try to read verse 7 together. One, two, go. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Please pay attention to that verse. He said, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we and him, we and God, will be having fellowship. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. How can we have fellowship with God and we still have sin? It's referring to the sins that are in your life that you are not aware of. You know what the blood of Jesus did? Which the blood of goats, animal, cannot do in the Old Testament. Whatever sacrifice that those blood of animals, you know, was made with, it can only cleanse the past sin. The blood of Jesus is, you know, is such a current blood that even when you are ignorant of the sins that you are committing, you don't know that it's a sin, eh? the blood of Jesus will be cleansing, cleansing them. You know, when you come before God, you, you, st- you are still keeping malice. Or you are still, there's one, one sin in your life that is still there. For example, you know, when we talk about sin, we only think about the do not. But you forgot that the do's, what God commanded us to do that we are not doing, they are sins too. I hope you know. Sin is breaking of God's commandment. So when God said do and you are not doing, it's a sin. If God said don't do and you are doing, it's a sin. So whether you know it or you don't know it, as long as you are, you know, committing that sin before God, the blood of Jesus will be cleansing those sins. As if they are not there, but they are there. Do you understand this scripture? Do you understand this scripture? So, he's not talking about you knowing that something is a sin and you are still doing it. I was one month before God, alone with God, set apart, sometime in 2006, August. One month. For the first 19 days of that one month, God was opening my life every day. He will open my life like a page of a book and show me sins in my life. I will just say, ah, so these sins are in my life. He said, you see it. I will see it. But I didn't know. 
I will start repenting. When I finish repenting today, tomorrow he will open up another one again. For the first 19 days of that meeting, it was opening my life like a page. And I was repenting, I was repenting, I was repenting. I never knew that. See, before then I have been a believer for years, preaching, preaching, being invited to preach here and there. But I never knew. So what was happening? Now, does it mean that because of those things I don't know that are there, that if rapture take place before then that I will not go to heaven? No, that's what God did. In the days of your ignorance of those sins, the blood will be taking care of them, cleansing them, so that you can have fellowship with God. Are you following me? And if trumpet sounds at that point, or death comes, you will go to heaven. Because there is a blood that is washing away those sins you are ignorant of. Did you get it now? But the day, that's the warning now, you got to know that that is a sin, and you have known, the blood will stop working on that, in that direction. Somebody understand what I'm talking about? The blood will no longer work because you have known now that this is, this is a sin and you are doing it. That is to say you are no longer walking in, la- in the light. You are walking in darkness. To walk in the light is to obey every scripture, every word of God that you know. Whatever God says don't do and you know you, you don't do it. That's a man that is walking in the light. And forget about the ones you don't know. Are you getting it? You know, the only advantage... That's because there is a way human flesh thinks. Some people will now say, eh, so that is how it is. Let me not know too much so that I will be doing the small that I know. You know that kind of thing? <laughs> That's another kind of walking in darkness. Because you know you are supposed to know. Are you getting it? You know that you are supposed to read Bible and know. You refuse to read Bible and say, if I read now, I will see something I don't know. Are you getting... <laughs> you know, you know you are supposed to... Listen to that message and learn and know. You can say, no, no, no. I don't want to listen to it. If I listen to this man of God now, he will expose something that I don't know that is a sin. So let me not listen to him. I know this man of God. He will always hit, hit something. Now, listen. When you are doing that kind of thing, you are already walking in darkness. And the blood has stopped walking already. Are you getting it? You, and number two, you are limited because the amount of light you have, the amount of light you have determines your usefulness in the kingdom. Oh God, use me. Oh God, use me. God cannot use you beyond the light that you have and you are walking in. If you are getting me, let me see your hand up. Just wave your hand. Good. Yes. So, now, I don't know whether you are seeing something about the power of the blood. Are you seeing the, something about the fellowship power of the blood? The fellowship power of the blood is talking about cleansing the sins that we don't know about. That are there. Before God, just to make us perfect according to the light we have received. To ensure that at any point in time, as long as you are sincere, following and obeying the ones you know, you are qualified for heaven. You are qualified to be raptured. Do you get that now? That's God's powerful message upon us. The blood of any animal does not have that provision at all. The fellowship power of the blood. And this is the scripture that many believers have misunderstood. Look at the next verse. He said, if we say we have no sin. Do you remember? This is one scripture that people normally used to quote to make themselves believe that um, we are all sinners during time of confession of sin. First John chapter 1 verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. No. What the author is saying is that if we say we have no sin, the ones we don't know about. Are you getting the Bible? Not the one that you know. You know that telling lies is a sin. You already know. You know that this person, you are calling on phone. What you are telling the person is the lie. You deliberately tell the lie. For example, I caught somebody telling lie in a robin store. I was in a robin store waiting to pay for, my, uh, for what I bought. How many of you know robin store? Eh? Robin store. Let me see your hand up. Good. To pay... And the person in my front made a call, was answering the call, and was telling somebody that he's in, in, in a queue. No, not in a queue. He's in a, in a hold-up. <laughs> in a hold-up. So I was like, let me uh, know whether this queue is the hold-up, because key is a kind of hold-up. He now called one place in town that is in a hold-up. So when he finished the call, I now asked him, why will you have to tell this person? Lie. 
I don't know him before. He don't know me. He said, please, that he, if he tells her the truth, she will be disturbing her, disturbing her. So she need to tell her, he need to tell her lie so that she will stop disturbing her. Now look at this person. He knew that lying is a sin. Am I correct? And he deliberately and consciously tell lies. The blood has no provision for such kind of sin. Are you getting me? For somebody to say, after all that kind of sin, come and say, God, you know that we are all sinners. Eh? If we say we have no sin, according to your word, in First John chapter 1, verse 8, so, no, 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 that's a misinterpretation of the scripture. The sin that is in that context, look at your Bible. After verse 7, you get verse 8. Stop misquoting that scripture, if you have been doing that before now. The fellowship power of the blood qualifies us because the, the blood has the power to atone for the sins we don't know. That's number three. What about number four? The blood has protection power. In Egypt, before the children of Israel moved out of Egypt, the last thing that God did was to kill their firstborns. In fact, it was the killing of their firstborn, both firstborn of men and firstborn of animal. It was that killing that forced Pharaoh and the the whole uh, uh, Egyptians to say to Israelites, please go, go, go. In fact, the Bible said they, they sent them out in a haste. But you know what happened? If you read Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, you see where God was giving instruction. He said that you should get a Passover uh, lamb, kill it, and then place the blood at the lintel of your house. And then you stay inside. Because an angel of death will pass through the land. And listen, the angel of death was sent by God, was ordered by God to go and kill the firstborn of Egypt. And you know, angels, they don't, they don't have time to, to read, they follow instruction to the core. So the angel was told, any house you see and there is a mark of the blood, just leave it. Don't touch anybody inside that house. But any house you see that there is no mark of the blood, enter there, kill the first son, kill the first, so, first son of animal. Because it was not only, are you following me? Not only firstborn of human being that was killed, even animals. That was the instruction. And this angel came. And are you in Exodus chapter 12 verse 13? Exodus 12 Verse 13. Okay. Let me start from verse 12. He said, For I will pass through the land. Let's start from verse 11. And thus shall you eat it. That's the Passover lamb. With your loins guarded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in a haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. And we smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, what will I do, please? I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. This is the protection power of the blood. Now, what this Passover lamp did is what the blood of Jesus, what the blood of the Passover lamp did is what the blood of Jesus is also doing. When you have the mark of the blood of Jesus on your life, listen, the negative spirits, whether they are coming from God, you know what, what I mean by coming from God? Like this particular angel that killed, eh? Okay, let me call, call, call it an angel with a negative assignment from God. Do you understand that now? That is better. An angel with a negative assignment from God. From God. Or Satan doesn't have any positive assignment. So every demon or spirit that are coming from Satan has what? Negative assignment. So whether it is negative spirits with negative assignments from the devil or positive spirits 
with negative assignment from God, when the mark of blood is over you, you are safe. Things like COVID, things like uh, Ebola, things, all, some of these things that comes around and kill people here and there, sicknesses, diseases, attacks of you know, witches and wizards, all these kind of things. Listen, when you understand, understand, you may say blood of Jesus, but do you understand what you are saying? Do you understand the power, the protection power of the blood? If you say the blood of Jesus with understanding, then you, that's when it can work. When you understand the protection, you say, when I see the blood, when I see the mark of the blood, I will pass over. And let me say this, the protection part of the blood is so powerful because it doesn't just work for you alone, it works for your family. That's why I know that my family is safe. My children are safe. My wife is safe. My brothers and sisters, they are safe because I have brought them under the protection power of the blood. That is a mark of blood over my house. Are you getting this now? And speaking with understanding. If you don't understand it, it doesn't work. That's why death cannot and should not happen anyhow in your family if you understand the protection power of the blood. You just place the mark of blood over your family members. My brothers, my sisters, my father, my mother, they can't die. See, listen, when I see the blood, the angel of death, it will pass over you. Are you, are you getting that? Number five, potency of the blood. The blood is also an instrument of purging our conscience so that we can serve the living God. Look at that scripture, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13 and 14. An instrument that purges our conscience. There is a difference between cleansing of our sins and cleansing of our conscience. Look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13 and 14. Hebrew 9. Verse 13. He said, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. That's 13. Verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Purge your conscience, not purge your life. The blood has the power to cleanse your life, cleanse your sin. But listen, your sin can be cleansed, but your conscience, a voice within you say, which father? You like this. Saying, Father, I worship you. That's why he said, purge our conscience so that we will be able to serve the living God. That is to say, without this work of the blood on your conscience, you will not be able to be bold to serve the living God. You will not be able to stand with boldness before him. That's why the same Hebrew chapter 4 verse 15, he said, since we have a high priest that is touched with our infirmities, Hebrew 4, 4 verse 14, seeing then that we have a high priest, great high priest, that is passed into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest, verse 15, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was at all point tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we, might, we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. For you to be able to come boldly and come to God with boldness and say, Lord, I come. I am so, I'm your son. And your conscience will, 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 will not condemn you and tell you, how can you say that? Think about that native doctor we, we, we talked about who has killed so many. Eh? Do you know that his conscience will be telling him, look at you. How can you say you're a child of God and you have wasted this person's life, wasted this destiny, and all of that? Now, the blood will not just clean your sin. It will also cleanse, purge your conscience and grant you boldness so that you can say, yes, yes, I did it. 
But thank God for the blood of Jesus. He has cleansed my sin and he has also cleansed my conscience. I can stand before God boldly and I can serve the living God. That's the, 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 the purging, purging work of the blood on our conscience. And you know that it's not only your, your mind that is telling you that also. The devil is also referred to as the accuser of the brethren. You remember? Yes. As your mind is trying to accuse you, the de- from inside, the devil from outside, demons from outside will also be telling you, look at you. Eh? How can you finish watching pornography and you are speaking in tongues? Eh? No, 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 no. You are not qualified. Now, as the devil is trying to condemn you, you remember the blood. The blood purges our conscience so that we can serve the living God. Now, you look at that scripture in Revelation chapter 12. He said there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angel, they fought against the dragon. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. And the dragon also fought. He wanted to know whether he can win and rule over heaven. But the Bible said there was no place found for him, so he was cast down to the earth. Then I had a voice, verse 10. I had a voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Why? For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuseth them before our God day and night. That's one you know, powerful work the devil does against believers. Accusation. He will accuse you before God, accuse you in your conscience. Your own flesh will also accuse you. Everything is trying to bring you down, discourage you so that you will not be bold to serve God. When you want to make a step to go for evangelism, to do something tangible for God, then you will hear something telling you within your heart. And say, ah, you like this? You also want to preach? There's an accusation before God that is reflected in your heart by the devil. But thank God for the next verse, the blood. Verse 11. Let's read it together. One, two, go. And they overcame him. By what? By the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. That is talking about number six now. The victorious power of the blood. Now, you can see that for the angels that fought the heavenly battle against the dragon and his angels. Listen, listen. They were able to overcome in that battle. Not because Michael was a strong angel. Not because the angels that were fighting with him are more in number. They overcame the devil and was able to chase him out of heaven because they began at the time as the battle was going on, they just began to plead the blood of Jesus. The blood, they understood the blood of the Lamb, the power in the blood of the Lamb. And the enemy cannot face the blood. He cannot. He cannot. Something similar like this happened in Second Kings chapter 3. When God promised Israel, you are going to win the battle against Moab. And they were going winning. And suddenly the king of Moab noticed that the battle was against him. He took 700 men, tried to pass over, break through to the king of Edom to join forces with him. He couldn't pass through. The next thing he did was to took his first son that would have reigned in his stead and kill him, sacrifice him unto his gods. Unto his gods. The moment he killed that boy, the Bible says indignation rose against Israel. They just have to stop the battle and go back. The blood of the first son of the king of Moab spoke, came with force, and quenched and stopped the battle. And Israel went back. They lost the battle because a, a blood, a higher sacrifice was made. So the angels that fought the heavenly battle that chased the devil out of heaven, listen, they overcame because the lamb was slain. That was why if you read the early part of Revelation, you see where they were worshipping the lamb. The lamb that was slain. Worthy, worthy is the lamb. Worthy, worthy is the lamb. Worthy, worthy is the lamb. That was slain. Praise him, hallelujah. Praise him, hallelujah. 
Praise Him, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The efficacy of the blood, the potency of the blood, the power of the blood that enabled the heavenly host to win the battle against Satan and his princes over there is still available for us in spiritual warfare. Are you getting me? Whatsoever battle that the devil is currently waging against your life, against your family, against your future, against your destiny, whatever, your finances, your academies, listen, there is power in the blood. The power in the blood once you present it and say the son of man, spotless son of man, offered himself through the eternal spirit to God. The blood. The blood. The devil is weakened the moment he cites the blood. The blood has a weakening power over the devil. And that's how and why we use it with understanding in spiritual warfare to win every battle. Every battle can be won by the blood. Are you, are you, are you getting me? Yes. But you see, some of you will be shouting, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. As you are shouting, the devil is doing what he's doing. The reason why it's not working for you is that you don't have this understanding. That's why we are looking at it this morning. Because when you understand the potency, the efficacy of the blood of Jesus, you'll be able to wield the power in the blood and use it for victorious warfare around your life. And finally, the blood, the blood speaks better things than every other blood. Listen, every blood has a voice. Please, repeat what I say. Let me be sure that you heard me. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, God said to Ken, Where is your brother Eber? Ken said, I don't know. I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Why are you asking me about my brother Eber? What kind of question is that? This early morning, you want to just disturb my peace? I don't know. <laughs> verse 9. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? Where is he? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Everybody verse 10. Let's read it together. I want to go. And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. I! The voice. Look at that scripture carefully. From Genesis. Genesis. The voice of your brother's blood was crying, shouting to me. That's how I got to know that your brother is no more. I got to know about the death of your brother because the moment he was killed, his blood began to speak. Begin to speak. Listen, every blood has voice. And what the voice of blood does in the realm of the spirit is that the higher the price of the blood, the louder the voice, and it will not just be loud, it will have a way of shutting down the voice of other blood. Listen, the loudness of any blood is the measurement of the power of that blood. I repeat, when you kill a pussycat and you use pussycat to make sham listen do you know the principle of sham some of you your father is a native doctor or your you have been there when he's making some things listen if you understand what i'm talking about when a native doctor wants to make a sham he will always use blood if he doesn't kill lizard they will kill pussycat if he doesn't keep his cat, there are some idols that they will tell you that what this idol takes is cattle. They will kill the cattle. They don't just kill the cattle and eat the meat. They will collect the blood of the cattle and they will pour it as a libation and then they will speak what they want the voice of that blood to go and do. That's sham. That's what sham is. Whatever they, they do is when a blood is sacrificed, when a blood is shed, 
then they will speak to spirits because when they speak as the blood is being shed, spirits will take over to do what the, the voice that was released at the channel of blood was asked to do. Are you getting me at all? If somebody wants to kill another person now, for example, what he does is when he kills, let's say, a busikat eh, or a goat, as he's shedding the blood, the whoever that is the, the, the agent of darkness that is making statements will now make statements and say, Oh, you spirits of death, as this blood of goat is shed, go and pursue so so and so person and strike him dead in five days, in seven days, and all of that. They will just invoke a spirit at the shedding of the blood. And the moment that blood is shed, the spirit that was invited, are you getting me at all? At the shedding of the blood, we move into action. And with the voice of the blood, locate the person and strike the person. Now, what I want to show you is that the power of every blood is determined by how precious the blood is. That is why, because busikat is costlier than lizard, the sham that was made with busikat blood will be more powerful than the sham that is made with what? A lizard blood. Do you understand that? That's the principle of sham and the power of sham. The sham that was made with a goat will be, without doubt, more powerful than the sham that was made with uh, busikat blood. The sham that was made with a cattle will be more powerful. And then when it is a human being that was sacrificed, the price of a human being is much more precious, powerful, than the price of any animal. That's why the occult that kills people and uses their blood for their uh, whatever, they are more powerful than those that are making shams with uh, lizard, goats, and all of that. Because they use human blood. They kill human beings and bring the blood. They become more powerful. Now, but listen. How much more shall the blood of Jesus? Hebrews 9.14 Who through the eternal spirit so there is a spirit that was around when that blood was shed. The Holy Ghost. Who through the eternal spirit offered himself to God. Listen. Let me ask you. Maybe you will help me answer. The blood of Jesus and the blood of any human being. Which one is more powerful? That is why the occultic people, they fear us. They fear me. I don't know about you. Are you getting me? When I go to crusade in villages, after preaching, I will give them address where I will sleep that night and ask them to visit me because I'm waiting for them. I am not afraid because I know that I am under a more powerful blood. Whatever that makes them powerful, what makes me powerful is much more higher. We fear them not. Is somebody receiving help this morning? Yes. Listen, it is not working before because you don't understand this. The power in the blood of Jesus is so powerful, so efficacious because that is the highest blood ever without spot. So precious. Every human blood has problem because of sin, because of, you know, but look at the blood of God himself. Shed. No spot. No sin. What a precious blood that has made a provision. That's why the Bible said that the blood of Jesus speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. So, what the blood of Abel, look at that in uh, Hebrew chapter 12, verse 22 to 24. He said, the blood of Jesus is, we have come to uh, Mount Zion, that's where that scripture was sent. We have come to Mount Zion, that's verse 22, uh, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to the innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirit of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood. We have come to Jesus, that's okay, but we also have come to what? To the blood. Of sprinkling that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel is the blood of man. The blood of Jesus is the blood of God. Because the blood of Jesus is a more powerful blood than the blood of Abel. Listen. 
Whatever the blood of Abel is saying, vengeance, vengeance, the blood of Jesus will shut it down. Because the voice of the blood is higher, louder, and more powerful. Are you getting that now? That is why, even if somebody has killed a dead person, killed somebody and the person is dead, and the blood of that person is shouting vengeance, like the blood of Abel, vengeance, this person, if the person give his life to Christ and come under the blood of Jesus, that's how his sin will not just be forgiven, but the vengeance that would have come to him by the cry of the blood of those that he killed will also be shut down. Somebody appreciating the, the blood of Jesus this morning? Are you appreciating that powerful blood? And we are not just going to appreciate it. We are going to do some practical. We are going to use it to, to pray some prayers. Maybe, I don't know how much time will permit us to do that within the next few minutes we have. Over these areas. Can you rise on your feet as we begin to, first of all, thank and appreciate God for the blood of Jesus. You can see what God did in his wisdom. He knew that it is the blood that will be the solution. And Jesus himself also accepted to give himself, to offer himself. Oh, hallelujah. Can you say, Father, I appreciate you. I give you praise. Mahila Kazando Kanda. Thank you for listening. I trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our Telegram, podcast, and YouTube channels at Chidebele Udeze. For testimonies, counseling, and prayers, you can send an email to calvarywayrevivallabels at gmail.com or call 080-6560-7999. And you can also follow us on our social media handles at Chidebele Udeze. God bless you.